Hello, this is Sally from Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. I'm going to do a wander on my own today and I'm going to talk about storytelling. Storytelling is one of the most powerful tools that we have in our marketing toolbox and I hope this will give you some tips and tricks and encourage you to tell your story to your audience. Human beings have been telling stories for millennia. They are working terrifically well for religions of all colours, politicians, some of whom tell stories better than others, and of course the big one, advertising. Don't forget we all get very excited waiting for the latest John Lewis Christmas advert. What they're doing is telling you a story to engage you in their product. And we all are capable of telling stories, but some of us forget or think we can't. And I suspect that there's some of you out there now thinking, oh, I can't tell stories, it's too difficult. I'm no John Dick I'm no Dickens or Jane Austen or any of those things. I just can't do it. Well, I'm going to encourage you to think that you can, because it's not as difficult as you think. What I'm going to do is I'm going to retell a story that comes from Simon Sinek. And if you haven't seen Simon Sinek, he's well well worth finding on YouTube. He's great fun to listen to and he's got some really spot-on advice. So already I'm showing the power of storytelling. I'm now retelling Simon Sinek's story because he made sense to me. Now, I know that probably when you were at school, you were all told at one point to tell a story. And the teacher would have told you there's a beginning and a middle and an end. And that is indeed a good way to tell a story. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are some other ways to think about it, which may release your the storytelling being in you. Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And that why is your story. And I'm going to give you two examples of that happening so that you can see how other people do it. A long time ago, last century sometime, we first got interested in buying personal computers. And to begin with, what would happen is you'd go into a shop and a man, it usually was a man, would put a big black box in front of you and say, look at this. This is a personal computer. It's absolutely stuffed with brilliant widgets It comes with this wonderful collection of not quite long enough cables and the best thing is none of them are are labelled so you can constantly play the what the goodness sake what for goodness sake does this connect to what game which we all love playing. It also comes with this magnificent manual which has no index and no contents page. Isn't that brilliant? It costs an eye-watering amount of money there we go, what do you think? Well, there were of course the first movers who thought, I've got to be in with this, I've got to do this, and they did indeed buy one. Which was very kind of them because they started the path for the rest of us. But then Apple arrived, and Apple did something very different. Apple said, in everything we do, we break the status quo, and we push the boundaries of the impossible. We make beautifully designed, easy to use computers. Would you like to buy one? 
And yes, people did want to buy one. They didn't want to buy one just because they were buying a computer. They wanted to buy one because they wanted to become part of the Apple ethos. They wanted to be one of those people that pushed the boundaries of the impossible and find out what Apple meant by break, breaking the status quo in everything they do. And not only did they want to buy a computer, but when Apple produced iPods, they wanted to buy one of those as well. And then they wanted to buy a phone. And then they wanted to buy a watch. And Apple has told such a good story and people are so engaged in it that they are selling more and more and more. This is why stories are, are, are powerful. Now, I know that some of you are probably thinking, oh, well, yes, it's all right for Apple. They've got thousands of pounds to do this with. I haven't got anything. So I'm going to tell you another story of somebody who's made story work for them. Martin Luther King, on the 28th of August in 1963, looked out over the mall in Washington at three quarters of a million people. No invitations had been sent. There had been no complicated digital marketing strategy to get people to the, to the mall on a very hot day in the middle of summer. Martin Luther King had just started telling stories and he had started telling people why inequality in America was so wrong. And as he started talking, people started listening and people started telling his story to other people and it spread. And when people started hearing that Martin Luther King was going to speak with no invitations sent out and no logistical organisation, people gathered in front of the White House and listened to him. And it's very important to notice that when he spoke, he gave the I believe speech, not the here's my 10 point plan speech. He was always telling his story and that's what got those people there. And that's what started America beginning to get racial inequality gone. They've not quite cracked it yet and it's still lingering, but at least it's a start. So I really hope this is beginning to inspire you to tell your story. Now I know that some of you listening will be thinking, oh, I can't write a story. That's just too difficult. I don't know how to do that. And oh, well, you can write it. And of course, that's a very good way of putting it on your website and involving it in part of your um, um any kind of media. However, there are other ways which you might, you might feel more comfortable with. You might be good at drawing and stories are told particularly well in pictures. I'll just give you two examples. Guernica by Picasso gives an absolutely eye-watering image of the ravages of war. And it's you can't not look at it. And he tells a story all the way through it. Go and see if you can find it online. It's a really powerful story about war and why it is wrong. And of course, Hogarth told a wonderful story in Gin Alley about the ravages of gin. And perhaps we all ought to be watching that now because some of us during lockdown just might be drinking a little bit too much. But it's that they're very powerful stories. They're just drawn you might find that you're particularly good at singing. Singing is another good way to tell stories. 
I'm sure we can all now probably sing a Bob Dylan story, a Joni Mitchell story, a John Lennon story. And if that's how you feel most comfortable, sing your story. Some of us might feel that, I don't know, interpretive dance is a particularly powerful route for them. And that's maybe how you choose to tell your story. But however you do it, if it's going to be dance or singing, video it. And when you video it, put it in the middle of your um, website. So don't forget that other people have got to hear your story. And just while I'm here, I'm going to have a little bit of a side meander here. One of the things that we send every day and which people look at every day is thousands and thousands of emails. And we all probably have a signature at the bottom of our email. You can add video or imagery to that signature. So you can add your video, your um, painting, whatever you want to add to your signature. There's an app called WiseStamp. That's W-I-S-E-S-T-A-M-P, one word. And they will help you produce um, really good um, signatures at the bottom of your email where you can embed your video. And you can bet your life that just curiosity will get people to read it. So that's another good way of getting your story out there. I suspect that some of you are still being a bit unsure. I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't draw, I can't write. Oh, I'm hopeless, I can't tell a story. Well, you can bet your life that you have absolutely told stories. You will all have done it. We've all probably been to the pub and described that absolutely brilliant goal that you put into the top right-hand corner in your last football match. And you'll have told quite a big story about how you weaved past several defenders, got the eye of the goalkeeper, just distracted him enough to scoot it in perfectly. See? Perfect story. Any of you that have children will have been telling stories for years and years. Well, you've probably told the tooth fairy story. Um, don't worry, darling. We'll, when that tooth falls out, you'll put it under the pillow and then a fairy will arrive, take the tooth away and replace it with money. And I have to say, whichever genius child came up with that story, it's a, just a brilliant bit of extortion. I really hope they went on to succeed in other, other matters. My mother told me the story of the friendly dragon. I was rather worried about dragons under the bed and many of your children may be worried about it too. So my mother told me that I didn't need to be worried about dragons under the bed because they only had one purpose and it was not to kill me. It was to match up unmatched socks. And I really bought into this story and sometimes I would do it for the dragon because I felt a bit guilty about the dragon doing it all on its own. So not only did my mother manage to stop me being frightened, she got me to match up my socks. See, story's very powerful. And then, of course, there's the big one. There's Father Christmas. And we have all been telling the Father Christmas story. But you need to remember that not everyone's Father Christmas is the same. You were probably all inventing your own Father Christmas. When I was small, we didn't have a fireplace in our house. And I said to Mum, oh no, how is Father Christmas going to get any of my presents to me? There's no chimney. And again, Mother came up with her storytelling powers and said, no, you don't have to worry. 
Father Christmas is a very, very skilled burglar. And what he does in the middle of the night, he comes up with the reindeer, keeps them very quiet, parks them in the garden. And then he comes to the door and he brilliantly breaks into the house with his set of keys. He gets in, leaves the presents, eats the mince pie and drinks the whiskey. And then he's a very kind burglar. When he leaves, he seals the house up again so nobody else can get in. And that was my Father Christmas. Your Father Christmas may be wrong, may be different. He may wear green socks and be an eco-warrior, I don't know. But we all have a story around our Father Christmas. So be confident in telling your stories. And remember that people are buying why you do something, not what you do. So the big piece of advice I'm having from just now is just go away, revisit that bit of your website that is your About Us page and embed in it your story. Why do you get up in the morning and do what you do? And I guarantee that an engaging story will get people talking about you and you will start to hear other people telling your story. And that is how to make your your services sing off the page. So storytelling is so important and it's very, very, very um, good idea to go away and just start telling your stories. Tell your stories on social media posts, tell your stories in every time you send an email to somebody, just tell your stories and practice will make perfect. So I hope that's been a little bit helpful and that you've all enjoyed storytelling part of this and that you're going to go away and begin to tell your stories thank you very much sally for that mini meander through storytelling that was really fascinating stuff and i think a lot of people will have ideas about how they want to improve the how they tell their story on their websites and on social media if you do have any observations about this or you'd like to get in touch and share your story with us and if you have any comments or further points for discussion, we'd be really interested to hear them. So if you contact us at MeandersPod on Twitter, that's MeandersPod, or please do leave a message wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon.